in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Salutations, Bunk Funkers. It is I, your co-host, Andy. Now, this is Andy of the present, not Andy of the past or Andy of the future Andys to come. Yeah, no. Uh, Andys in the future won't be allowed to come (laughs) because the courts will put some sort of a blocker into his genitals. Uh, Andy, we've got a first today. Did you know that? Yeah, this, this is, is the first. This is the very first time ever on this podcast where mm-hmm. we are both doing the show completely not on any mind altering substances. <laughs> That's right. We've not. When neither one of us is on PCP, mm-hmm. and this is the first time. It's the first time. ever happened. Got to say, clear headed, clear headed. So uh, we're about to make. We're about to realize what bad decisions we've made over the last four wow. years. Am I embarrassed? <laughs> uh, no, Andy, this is a first for us. Uh, we are revisiting a topic. <laughs> That's right. Oh, sorry. I was drinking some water. What? <laughs> We're revisiting a topic? We're revisiting a topic that we previously covered to we... see if anything has changed. Oh, because not because we did such a shit job of it the first time around. Well, maybe because we did a shit job of it the first time around, too. <laughs> it could be both. Wow. So this, this is, is something that we've wanted to do for a long time. We talk about it constantly throughout this fucking back catalog of a show right. where we go, and there's probably more to cover here. We'll definitely do it one day. We never do. But now we're actually doing it, and we have some we have some bunk funkers to thank for it. I'd like to shout out yeah. Obi to the R, and I'd like to shout out Jeremy G. Jeremy G, Obi to the R. We we posed, we got, I'll be honest with you beefers. We'll be fucking honest with you beefers. You beefers who are not proud patrons of the show don't know this because you're not in the Discord. But in the Discord, there was some. There's been recently some chatter. There's been some chatter. There's been some rumblings. There's been some murmurs. There's been because there was some. There's been some late breaking bunker news of late on different things that we've covered in the past. Yeah, and so that topic has come up. Would we consider revisiting shows? Now, Art and I, as people, we have talked about it before. We've talked about hey, maybe we should revisit some of these topics where there's been new information shared or there's been developments that happened. After we recorded the episode. Or people say that we got it wrong and we're fucking chill. <coughs> John Benet Ramsey. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then maybe we say, okay, maybe we fucked up and we did a really bad job of uh, coming to a yeah. conclusion. Right. Um, but we've talked about it. And for once in our lives, we're following through on something we thought we might do. We first covered this as Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker we're Ranch. We're revisiting Skinwalker Ranch for a few reasons. One, we covered Skinwalker Ranch. Andy, do you know what episode it was? The number? Yep. Take a guess. 
Okay. Win in the back catalog. Do you think we're at? We're at around 170 episodes. Right. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to put this, I think Skinwalker Ranch was probably like, I'm going to say 63. That was your final answer. <laughs> I thought you paused because I got it right on. Fuck. And then you said, is that your final answer? Now my, all my confidence melted away. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> such a fool. Andy, you just, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm non-biased here. Is it your final answer? I just want to give you a moment. Do you want to take that back? All right. I'm going to think about it because uh, this is a weekly show. So that, Unfortunately. So that means there's like 52 episodes a year generally. Technically, yeah. So if we go from 52 like, and we say that's there, I'm saying that this was about a year and a little bit into this. Okay. And I think that I'm going to stick with that. 63. You're close. It was 42. Ah, fuck. So you were later in 2020. This was very early 2020. This was like... January. This is pre-pandemic, I think. Pre-pandemic, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. early in 2020. It's a 42. Um, that makes sense. I think we make this joke later on. So early, in fact, I don't think we actually referred to anybody as a bunk funker yet. Really? <laughs> Everyone was still listeners? By 42? Yeah. Really? So. Oh, I would love to know. Hey, for you for you bunk bunker historians out there. What was the first usage of the term bunk funker? Yeah, lore masters out there, bunker yeah. lore masters. Yeah, you lore masters. Let us know. Honestly, uh, all the people that are in the Discord know more about the show than oh I do. Oh my god, they know so much more about the show. They'll, They'll be like, "Remember when you said that?" And I'll be like, "I don't. I. I. No I I'm like, I literally that. do not listen to this podcast." <laughs> and sometimes I tell that to people, and they're like, but "Yeah, but you record it," and it's like, I know that I do, but that doesn't mean that I remember anything that happened when we recorded it. Uh, really fun. I think Bunk Funkers, obviously, if you haven't listened to the original Skinwalker Ranch episode, you maybe should, but you don't have to because I will. Pause right here. We'll leave an appropriate amount of silence. You can. So this episode's going to keep going, but it's going to be completely silent for the next X amount of time that it takes to listen to the original Skinwalker Ranch episode. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll do that in post. Um, Hey, we will recap some of what we covered yeah. in that episode. Okay, this is a throwback kind of an episode. It's a throwback kind of an episode because uh, it was pretty early on, and you know, it's like the other day somebody brought up in the Discord the mixed salad shakers, another throwback menu item from McDonald's, the, <laughs> the little cups of salad. That's right. And you know what? It was probably I made this joke in the first episode. You know, my favorite dressing to get on the mixed salad shaker, Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> So fucking stupid. <laughs> oh God. Uh, we're still gonna be I really the same love to shit jokes. I really love to squirt it in my hidden valley. <laughs> but you know what? I think too in the discussion we'll talk a little bit too about how we did versus the previous episode. And I and I think, you know, a lot more history and, and very interesting skeptical takes on this one as well. A lot more people have been talking about Skinwalker Ranch because of the History Channel program. That is out on the Skinwalker Ranch that's doing very well. It's very popular. And some of the other drama that's been around it. So we're revisiting Skinwalker Ranch. We're going there. We're taking our salad shakers, mixed salad shakers, and we're going to squirt it all over and shake them, shake them, shake them, shake them, shake them, shake them up. Uh, as always, you know, there's a timestamp in the episode description. Check it out if you want to get right to when the research begins. But first, Andy and I got to talk about we're going to the bunker. That's right. Are we going to. Beavers. Because I tried to do something fun for Andy. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not trying to fucking like throw some shade on my co-host here. Okay. But, you know, it's very famously you don't like camping. 
I don't think that it makes sense for us to ignore right. human development. Like I want as many creature comforts as possible. Yeah. I want to live in the lap of luxury. Right. I want to be like uh, a cat. You're a modern day Caligula. Right. Yeah. That's what a lot of people call you. I, I am a hedonist. Uh, I do want to be um, the property of a rich person where I can curl up on their lap and be stroked uh, okay. at their leisure. All right. So, be fed food from a can. You don't like camping, but I decided, you know what? I want to do something nice for Andy. I decided to take camping. Anyway, I thought maybe I could change your tune. I thought maybe we'd have a good time. I thought maybe I could show you. It could be fun to go camping. <laughs> wrong you were. I was very wrong. You were grumbling <laughs> and complaining the entire fucking time, weren't I you? I mean, look, the only nice thing that happened in this camping trip is that you got uh, an RV, and so... I was able to use the bathroom the whole time we were driving. Right. Because normally I have to use the bathroom <laughs> before I go on a road trip. Right. And then I stop every gas station that I see. Right. And then every one of those oasises, you've checked them out. Right. Yeah. I've, you know, I've been at the oasises on the tollway every time of day. I've spent plenty of. 7 a.m. is at the Oasis. I'm telling you, you got to start a bathroom blog. 1 p.m. at the Oasis, midnight at the Oasis. Right. I put my camel to bed, my shit camel, if you know what I mean, my turd to bed in the toilet at the Oasis. Midnight at the Oasis. Okay, I'm not getting the reference. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. It's a song from the 70s. Okay. I don't even really like Oasis, the band, that much. Every time they come up, I change it. Wow. I just get sick of champagne. What's the Super story, Morning Glory? I just get sick of champagne supernova, okay? Wow. It's the only one they ever play or fucking Wonderwall. Wow. Um Well, Art, I mean, it's fine if you don't like them, but you don't have to be so aggressive about it. I mean, don't look back in anger on this. Yeah, there it is. You were not having a good time. You were complaining the entire time we were yeah. out there. You were grumbling as we set up the tent. Right. Yeah. You were complaining. Yeah. You were being lazy. You weren't helping me uh -huh. collect kindling. Right. You you didn't want to, you know, go potty outside. That was a big fucking deal breaker. That's why I had to go get the RV. Right. And um, during the whole thing, too, I said, Andy, it's really fun. We'll start a campfire. But I said, Andy, you need to be very careful when you start campfires mm -hmm. that we don't start a forest fire. Otherwise, we'll incur the wrath of Smokey the Bear. Right who you did not realize was a real person. Yeah, I just always assumed that Smokey the Bear was some sort of a marketing character by no. the U.S. National Parks Service no. or whatever, fire prevention people, no. that this is some sort of a marketing character. But, I mean, I had my eyes opened on this trip because we met Smokey the Bear. That's right. So I let you make the forest fire, or make the fucking, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I let you make the campfire. Right. You did give me the responsibility of making the campfire. And so I, look, okay, Beefers, from my perspective, when you're making a campfire mm -hmm. or any kind of a fire, mm -hmm. you don't want one of these like slow to start no. kind of things. You want it to go hot and fast right away. Yeah, like a, like a little Caesar's pizza. Right, exactly. You, want, you want that fire hot and ready when yeah. you want it. So I did what I usually do, like if I'm, grilling or something um so we had some wood i threw some wood in a pile i put some paper underneath it i uh, dumped a couple of bottles of lighter fluid on it i took the gas can from the rv and i dumped that on the wood 
And uh, then I took one of those like large. <laughs> this wood was sopping wet. Yeah, I took one of these. Um, you know, like I think the best way to start a fire is with a Molotov cocktail. So <laughs> I shoved an oily rag into a bottle of liquor, and then I just tossed it onto the wood. And of course, this thing just like it starts. It's just a. It's a pleasant little fire. Like there's an, this initial burst of flames. Yeah. Well, that shot out in every direction. And it was really more of an inferno, Andy. Right. Climbed I had into my the back air. turned. I was fucking trying to get all the wieners ready. Yeah. And all the different campfire. I was treats. over there just fingering wieners for I like was half an hour. fingering wieners, taking Hebrew nationals all over the fucking place. They're all beef. All beef. Gotta be kosher. kosher. Um, you know, I was, I was fingering those Hebrew nationals. Right. <laughs> yeah. Art's over there fingering the Hebrews. Meanwhile, I'm stuck doing this campfire. And so... Um, I was prepping everything. I was cutting up all the accoutrement. I'm trying to make everything so nice for yeah. you. I was getting the buns ready. I was putting the. I was putting these Hebrew nationals in the buns. Yeah, Art was. You know, you want to have it in the bun before you roast it. Art was cutting up, cutting up so much accoutrement. There was cr- crudite. You know, there's nothing better at a campfire than fire roasted crudite. <laughs> Baby carrots and celery sticks. I had fucking. I had the schmores ready. Right. But we never even got to that. He built the schmores, and then, <laughs> and then what you do—they're also kosher. Is what you do is you take the, their schmores. You take the schmore and you smack it onto the 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 spit so that it crushes the graham crackers, and then you roast that. <laughs> the chocolate just falls apart. Got these nice marshmallows, also kosher. Yeah, for you, you know, it's just very nice. Try to make it the nice thing. You're over there. You start a fucking. Inv- I turned my back for five seconds, Andy. And what did you do? I started the fire. I I did start the fire. Yeah. It wasn't burning before I got there. Well, I think if we talk to Billy Joel, yeah, we know who fucking started the fire. I, I'm admitting it. You don't need to talk to Billy Joel. Well, I am. I'm going to call him up and say, who. well, I know who did it. Ah, well, it was me. It was Andy. You don't need to talk to that 300 pounds of past prime pop beef steak. You can talk to me directly. <laughs> um. And then Shout you to incurred Bell. the wrath of Smokey the Bear because quickly this fire got out of hand. You couldn't control it. I you mean, had this large fan. You tried to pull like a fan out and you were trying to plug it in like a dunce. Right. No plugs. It's camping, Andy. Yeah. I took the I took the water from the cistern of the RV, which was my urine, and I threw it on the fire. And all that did was make the fire worse because yeah. I am I consume highly acidic. Yeah. I have piss. highly acidic flammable piss. Yeah. Um, and so the fire is just getting worse and worse and this turns into a raging inferno. And so out comes Smokey the bear. All of a sudden through the flames, through the fire and flames, through the fire and like dragon force. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the sound that plays when Smokey the bear shows up. He's very buff. He's, uh, he's old. He's very, you can tell. I mean, smoking. He's, he's been around for a long time. Yeah. yeah. He's obviously smoking. That's how he got the name Smokey. Right. I thought it was a fire thing, but no. it's obvious that he's just smoking constantly. He's very careful with it. That's why he can smoke. He's right. He's expert. allowed to smoke because he carries a little. You didn't know this. He carries a little tin on his hip that has a bunch of old cigarette butts in it where they're extinguished. Right. Um, it's constantly smoking because he doesn't put them out completely before right. he sticks them in there. He's um, eating a cheeseburger, of course. He's, he's eating a cheeseburger. It's not wrapped. It's not clear where he got it. Uh, he does have more in his pocket. They're also unwrapped, so it's not clear where he got them. Maybe he was grilling. We don't know. They're very. They're assembled fully, yeah. cooked fully, um, but he's eating this cheeseburger. He's smoking. He's very buff. Yeah, Smokey was pissed at you, dude. And he, he showed up and he was like, what the fuck have you done? He said, I told you only you could prevent forest fires and you started a forest fire. And then he suplexed me. 
was like, Smokey, stop. This isn't kosher. It's like, I don't give a fuck. He put you in the camel clutch. He put me in the camel clutch. He, yeah. He had me in the camel clutch. He did a figure Suplex four leg lock. Head. Figure four leg lock. Um, slam me over. Body slam. Power slams. Tombstone me. Tombstone pile drived you. Uh, you were getting beat up by I fucking getting, Smokey the Bear. I was getting beat up by Smokey the Bear. And I deserve it, quite frankly. I, I mean, took two of the Hebrew Nationals. I was slapping them together like those clappy sticks. Yeah. Cheering on Smokey. Yeah. They didn't make a very good noise because no. they were in the buns. It was like... <laughs> But uh, Smokey's beating my ass over here. Oh, he's beating your ass raw. Oh, I mean, he did literally. I held my up. I, I made a little sign. I took some paper that I grabbed and I fucking drew a little sign that said Smokey 316. Right. And it's just like Smokey opened up a can of. Uh, opened up a can of whoop ass. Can of whoop ass. But then he like cracked an ice cold can of water and he chugged it. <laughs> and then he crushed the can on my skull. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting my ass beat pretty bad by Smokey the Bear here. This buff, old, mangy cheeseburger eating. Never stop smoking or eating a cheeseburger the whole right. time this is going on. So I'm covered in cigarette ash and grease. Meanwhile, you know, we're paying so much attention to the Smokey show over here that... Uh, I couldn't of, pay attention to anything else. We forgot about the raging inferno. Uh, I mean, you would expect Smokey would come with firefighters, right? <laughs> but he didn't. He came alone, and it was really just to chastise me yeah. for starting a forest fire. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so he, starts, he showed up. He showed up to. Uh, he showed up to kick fire start. He showed up to kick firebugs ass and chew bubble gum, and he was all out of bubble gum. Let's I just know. put it that way. I mean, he only had the cheeseburgers to eat, <laughs> and so he's kicking our ass. The fire is getting a lot worse, though. Huge fire! This thing really took off. Yeah, I mean, and it didn't help that as part of the whole thing is like when I was trying to put it out, I accidentally grabbed four more bottles of lighter fluid and threw them on the fire. I mean, that was a real dunce move. I thought it was water. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's easy to get confused. You it smells word. like water. <laughs> at least the water that comes out of the tap at my house. It smells exactly the same as lighter yeah, fluid. Yeah. It's easy for you to get confused. I've been in some of these, like, five-star restaurants where the water yeah. doesn't smell like anything. And that's so weird to me. It's like, what are they doing to it? You know, you got to kind of wonder, like, why does it not smell like water? Mm-hmm. It just smells like nothing. But anyway, that's what lighter fluid smells like, water. Um, you really fucked up. I mean, big time. Uh, and you ruined. I admit it. Camping, the flames. <laughs> I ruined the concept of camping. You did, and the flames quickly engulfed the RV and like swallowed it. It was crazy. They like shot up like an inferno tornado and just. You know, it's not like this thing where the RV catches fire and it's like no. slowly starting to burn, and then like maybe the fuel line catches and it kind of explodes. It's just like, like you said, it was like a tornado of flames. Yeah. And it just engulfed the whole thing, and the RV just disappears into the fire. And then, wouldn't you know it? And this thing is, yeah. That giant flaming inferno also started to, it fucking pulled out a pack of Marlboro lights, opened them up, lit itself on itself. We're fucking having a little smoke. And you know what this fire does, too? It's inc- it's it's catching up to us individually, right? Like, you're over there with your Hebrew nationals. Yeah. I'm getting my ass beat by Smokey the Bear. That's right. That fire comes over to where Smokey is currently dropping me to the floor, doing an elbow drop. Yeah. And it fucking like engulfs Smokey the Bear. That's right. And the only thing left of Smokey disappears. Yeah. Smokey's gone. The only thing left is the cheeseburger. Uh So now the fire is smoking the cigarette and eating this cheeseburger. I guess if you can even call it that, whatever a fire does to a cheeseburger. But it was only like burning little parts of it at a time. 
And at that point, you know, I mean, we tried to run away. But there's what? nowhere to go. We're surrounded on all sides by fire. We're surrounded on all sides by fire. And, and slowly but surely, we too got engulfed by the flames. Yeah. But that fire was Mr. Bunker. Yeah. Yeah. It, the whole forest fire that I started was Mr. Bunker. So I think... I just tried to do a nice thing. I thought it would be fun. It would be a fun thing for us to do, but... I guess I learned my lesson. Don't ever try to do anything nice for me. Because <laughs> I will ruin it. It's true. You will fucking ruin it. I will ruin every nice thing that you do for me. Beefers, you've done it before and you do, you'll probably do it again, Andy. Beefers, just know if you ever try to do anything nice for me, I will ruin it. I will not appreciate it and I will ruin it. <laughs> I will complain about what you did yep. and then I will ruin it. And then somehow it'll be... You know, my fault for trying to gift you a gift. This was kind of your fault because you could have done the fire and it would have been done right. I can't let you run those Hebrew nationals. Well, none of them would make it to the campfire. I'll tell you what. You know how many Hebrew nationals I can suck down? I could suck down a lot of Hebrews, okay? I know. You'd be going Joey Chestnut on those Hebrew nationals. Yeah. Yeah. You you think think you've seen Joey Chestnut eat a lot of hot dogs. (laughs) I'll be slurping wieners like nobody's business. (laughs) Okay. I'll be slurping these Hebrew wieners up left and right. <laughs> these things, oh god! These things, you won't even have to cut them up. Like <laughs> I'm just uncut wieners, slurping them up. Wow, bug buggers! I might not be able to do anything nice for Andy, but uh, hopefully, we're doing something nice for you by revisiting a topic that we once covered before. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe this will start a trend where we could start covering some previous topics before. Maybe we'll revisit every episode in the catalog Let's before do we do another new topic. <laughs> uh, well, Beefers, uh, you know, there's there's no other way to get around it. We got to get to the ranch, which is also outdoors, Andy. Oh, a little bit fuck. like camping. Let's just learn about it from inside. But I think we're going to learn a lot more about Skinwalker Ranch. In fact, it might not be a place that you ever want to go. Wow. It was already teetering on the edge. Although I think that I was pretty confident in my first episode that I could spend the night there and that I would be allowed after spending the night there to own the property. I don't think you'd even want to set foot near it. And I'll explain why here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Only you can prevent enchilada fires. Bunkers, today is a first. We are officially revisiting an older topic, and this one was such an old topic, we didn't even have the term bunkers yet. Wow. We call you nerds listeners. <laughs> wow, it has so much flair, listeners. Listeners. But check it out, episode 42, Skinwalker Ranch. You know, one thing about this podcast, Art, is that we've yeah. always been pretty obsessed with uh, like making reference to the people listening, right? Oh, yeah. I used to say listeners a lot. We used to. Yeah. We like to, I think, you know, we like to know that there are people out there listening and we're talking right to you. As much as we sit around and stroke our own egos on this podcast, we are highly aware that you're listening to us. (laughs) That's right. Well, and we hope you enjoy it. 
Well, on episode 42, Andy, we served up a tasty paranormal hole enchilada mm. on one of the most thoroughly researched paranormal hotspots in the world. And by got it, we just got to go back. <laughs> we have to go back, Jack. Today, we're going to look back at the stories we covered previously, dish out a couple of new ones we didn't get to the first time around, and see how the topic has changed since we've covered it. Yeah. What? It's been uh, uh, two years? Over two years now. That's right. So let's head back, back to Skinwalker Ranch. Hello. Oh, uh, hi. It's me, George Lucas. Well, I, I just couldn't help but hear you guys are heading over to uh, Skywalker Ranch. Thought I'd drop in. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, George Lucas from... What the fuck? Star Wars? Yeah. American Graffiti? Yeah. Well, mostly known for Star Wars, yeah. Uh... A couple movies there, about six movies. Yeah. Wow, what a... Yep. What, how did you get here? Well, I was just in the back. Uh, oh. Just hanging out. Did you, did you get abducted? Oh. Oh. Just, you know, I'm a big fan of the show. Wow. I'm really big fan. I love Mr. Bunkers because we're trying podcast. And, uh, well, you know, I just thought I'd... Uh, you guys are doing Skywalker Ranch. I thought I'd drop in. Revisiting. Didn't get to around to it the first time. Wasn't able to make it. No. It's too busy. No, no, it's uh, so now I'm gonna be here for Skywalker Ranch number two. It's it's skin- I got some ideas as well. I think I brought some ideas. And, hey, uh, hey, Mr. L- Mr. Lucas, it's yeah. uh, it's Skinwalker Ranch. Skin, yeah, we're doing Skinwalker Ranch, not Sky Skin. Yeah, can you even legally call it Skywalker Ranch anymore since you sold to Disney? Um, oh, well. Oh. God, you must have made so much money, huh? You got to be so fucking rich. I mean, that's publicly known how much I sold it for, yeah. Yeah, you got to be so fucking rich. Oh. Yeah, billions of dollars, yeah. What do you do with all that money? I've got a lot of ideas. I think uh, if you guys will have me, I'll stick around and I'll just uh, help give some ideas. I'll just pitch some ideas for Skinwalker Ranch, this movie. Oh, it's it's, it's a, a movie. It's actual ranch. It's, an, it's a place and we're just covering it. It's a topic. It's like a it's a place out west. Oh, all right, okay, all right, George. Lucas. There's, I think there's already been like <laughs> at least a couple of movies made about Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, too, I mean, there's George a few, Lucas. but all right, George Lucas, you, I guess, hang out. I don't. I'm not gonna tell you to go away, but like, you know, do you want to pitch us one of your movies real quick? Oh, well, let's just see where we end up, Peril, because I think there's some things here on Skinwalker Ranch. Where, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure out what it's about together. Oh, okay. I got some ideas. Sure. All right. So if you didn't see the first one, when did you start listening to this podcast? What episode did you start? And why didn't you go through the back catalog? Or are you just saying well, that you missed it because you weren't here personally? I, I Yeah, I guess you weren't really listening. I said that. I oh. clarified that I wasn't able to make it the first time around. Right. It's not I'm that you a long-time fan. I'm a big fan of Mr. Bunkers because we're talking podcast. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, let's let's get to the topic, George, and we'll just we'll just figure this out together. We don't get many guests here, I guess, of your caliber. I don't. I mean, it's cool that you're here. I guess George Lucas is here. Everybody, oh, man, we never get anybody this rich to come in the show. That's right. Hopefully, we can convince you to be a patron a little bit later. Yeah, that'd be cool. We have a special George Lucas tier. Yeah, George Lucas tier, <laughs> ten million dollars a month. That's right. So let's talk about the past stuff, like we covered in episode forty-two. The Skinwalker Ranch has seen its fair share of weird shit. 
UFOs, ghostly apparitions, strange floating orbs, interdimensional portals, shape-shifting humanoids. Apparently Bigfoot. I don't know. We said that last time. I've never seen a Bigfoot or referenced, but fuck it. Bigfoot. Why not? Cattle mutilation was a big one. You remember the bulletproof mega wolf? Oh, that? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. And much more. Oh, why? Well, why, why is this happening in the Skinwalker Ranch? According to Native American folklore, the ranch has been cursed in generations because it's in the path of a skinwalker from which it draws its name. A skinwalker is a malevolent witch or shaman who practices evil black magic, giving them the power to shapeshift into various animals at will. Um, as humans, they trick and poison others in animal form. They're vicious and bloodthirsty. They're shamans who, through evil rituals, gradually succumb to the forces of evil. Also, they're the Seth. You know, I'm not in love with the term skinwalker, though. Uh, what about uh, Shinta Wakano? And they're a race of humanoid dog figures, distant cousins of the Wookiee, um, who have clearly succumbed to the temptations of the dark side, but they're not Jedi. See, during the Clone Wars, there was a rare planetary mineral called Squalium. It's blue, but it's really more of an indigo. You know, you could see Shinta... All right, all right, all right, George, George. Relax. 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 We don't need all that. How would we even go about making this movie with you? The copyright expenses alone. You sold it to Disney. You can't just make stuff in the Star Wars universe. Well, I mean, listen, regardless of not of where we can make it in the Star Wars universe, we don't need all that fucking background lore. You could just make a dog humanoid and it's cool. You don't need to fucking explain where this guy came from. Yeah. Also, why does it have to be in Star Wars? Why can't you come up with something new? All right. Okay. Just think it's kind of neat. Dog humanoid race, you know? Eh. Kind of like an alien. Yeah, I get it. I don't really like humanoids though. Okay. Jeez. What if it was like a what if it was like a dog, but it's a dog that's also like a like a light photon? What does that mean, Andy? You know, like it That might even be worse than a fucking dog humanoid. You know, like it just transmits like light. It just shoo, shoots off in like a beam. So we got light dog and then Wookiee 2.0. And then it like recalibrates as like some sort of a dog. I don't know. Both of you fucking put those on the cutting room floor, please. All right. We'll, well, get, what about we'll keep getting to it. Okay. The Shermans. Let's talk about the Shermans. We're still in the past stuff. In 1994, Terry and Gwen Sherman and their children moved themselves into the and their cattle into the 480 acre ranch south of Fort uh, Duchesney in Utah. Begin life as cattle ranchers. Was it? How's it spelled? <laughs> Duchovny? Is it D Duchesne? What is it? D U C H E S N E. Oh. Chesney. Okay. The Shermans originally did not want to be associated with the property or to have their names publicized, so you might frequently Probably like see Duchesne them. or something. Duchesne. Yeah. See them listed as Tom and Ellen Gorman uh, in research, but we'll call them by their real names as they have now come out publicly. Uh, the Shermans were pretty experienced ranchers who herded prize cattle, not just your run-of-the-mill dairy or beef cow. And they lived to courage the cowardly, cowardly dog kind of life where weird shit just happened to them in the middle of nowhere almost immediately. Yeah. For example, the bulletproof wolf. Yeah. We'll recap this for you, bunk funkers. On their first day there, as they were getting uh, the first load of cattle in the pen, they saw a large wolf in the distance. The wolf approached them and acted like a tame dog, even allowing them to pet it. 
Then out of nowhere, the wolf lunged at one of the calves in the pen and that stuck its head out between the bars. Terry grabbed his rifle and fired at the wolf. The wolf let the calf go, but then just stood there looking at the Sherman family before running away. Terry and his son tried to track the wolf, but they lost it in the trees. They reported there was no blood at all, and the wolf didn't even act as though it had been hurt. That sounds like a Wookiee. Now, this could have been a long-lost friend of Chewbacca named Grash. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking as far as we need more background lore on the Shermans as well. I'd like to know more about what led them to the dark side. I think we need a whole series of prequels. Perhaps, um, you know, Terry, he's... um. He's trying to shoot this wolf because a wolf killed his father. And that led him to the dark side. He's very angry and he's in love with. What was her name? When? 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 Hates sand. That's what I'm thinking as far as the Shermans. I think we what? need much more background lore. What are you? What? Why are you so obsessed with Wookiees? Like, this is too. You've had two ideas and it's all been Wookiee directly or Wookiee adjacent. You got to get off the Wookiee thing and get off the fucking background lore. We don't need it for a fucking Star Wars. You just need cool dudes shooting guns. And why do you need prequels? Just make it. You, you don't need prequels already. You're like, you like are deciding on a movie and then deciding, oh, we need to make other movies before that movie after Jesus we make this Christ. movie. Why not just make that all into the movie? You can just have a character. And they can just be bad and evil, and that's what they are, and they're just cool. This is an action-adventure film. This isn't fucking, like, uh, some bullshit art house film, my man. I mean, my God. And George Lucas? George, you know what was great about... All right. <laughs> okay. You know what was great about Darth Vader? Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of interesting things about Darth Vader. Uh, what led him to the dark side, explaining his whole backstory... Uh, understanding how he was led to become who he was. I think that he's cool because he's just fucking badass. You know what I mean? But aren't you curious as to how the sausage was made, so to speak? I mean, all right, I'll give you this. The prequels, mm, they were okay. Wow. But, you, I mean, honestly, Anakin in the prequels, kind of lame. Like, he's supposed to be like, oh, he's the great, you know, he's going to bring balance to the force. Oh, well, you see, he's, he's going to bring balance to the force between the, it was a prophecy, his destiny, between light and dark. And, you know, obviously, you know, he succumbed to the dark side, became Darth Vader. Yeah, I get that. It's a story of love. You get to see him grow up through the ages. Master Obi-Wan, his master Jedi, and the whole Jedi Council. Well, then there's all the younglings, um, you know, and the Jedi, they're also celibate and they train from the beginning. Uh, the Force is actually midichlorians. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be honest with you, though. I don't think that you did such a great job of, like, selling this transformation. It's like, he's like, oh, he's, you know, he's like mad because his mom died. And then it's like, oh, he's just kind of whiny the rest of the time. Yeah. And then he feels like a little disrespected by the right. Jedi Council. So... He decides to murder children. Right. I mean, it's kind of a leap. 
right? Well, you you know, I, I get that you wanted to explain that he wanted ultimate power, but I think there's different ways to go about it than telling a story through a whiny teenager who nobody likes. Right. Nobody likes whiny teenagers. And no offense to Hayden Christensen. No, Hayden Christensen did a great job. Yeah. Don't ever hate on the fucking actors. Right. I think that he played the, I mean, it seems like he played the role the way it was meant to be played. Right. I just think it was kind of a shitty role. You know, and I've seen some behind the scenes stuff too, and I don't really think you gave him the best direction. You kind of kept just telling him things without really giving him like the emotional context and subtext of the scene. You could just kind of send like, no, Anakin's like really... He's mad in this scene because of X, Y, Z. It's like, well, that doesn't really help me, you know, understand his emotional point of view. Right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Maybe we were a little too hard on you there, George. Sorry. I got, let's get on. Let's keep sorry. Going. I got wound up. We got, we all got wound up. Let's talk about more weird stuff that was happening to the oh, show. Yeah, let's talk about weird stuff. You know, I think in our episode initially, I took a pretty huge shit on Terry Sherman. You probably did. I think I dunked on him hard. You are an asshole. Yeah. Well, they would have constant nightmares when they slept. They would uh, frequently awake to see apparitions, figures standing outside their windows, watching them, or right at the foot of their beds. At all times of the day, they would hear voices and whispers coming from seemingly nowhere. Oh, force ghosts. No, George, motherfucker, stop with the fucking references. They're not force ghosts. <laughs> I get, okay, there's a lot of Star Wars crossover here. I'm starting to see that, but shut up. They're ghosts. They could just be ghosts. Okay, force ghosts were actually a good idea, but then it got a little silly, but they were used well in the original movies. I'll give you that one, George. Okay. When it was a disembodied voice. All right. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Luke is, you know, he's dying on fucking Hoth, and Obi-Wan is reaching out to him to go tell him to go to Master Yoda. And then, you know, he's there and they're training together. I get it. It works. But then it's fucking goofy in Return of the Jedi yeah. when they're all there in Endor partying. Right. Having fun. Like, what the well, fuck was they're celebrating? Oh, they just won against the evil empire. The Ewoks are tiny little bear creatures. All right. Let me guess. Okay. Related to the Wookiees. All right. Enough. Enough, you two. There was constant sightings of various floating and glowing unexplained orbs of light, some of which glowed so bright at night that they made the ranch look like daylight. There were UFOs, constant UFO sightings, cattle mutilations. We talked about this. They would find cattle mutilated in the most bizarre surgical ways. Some were dead with only their genitals or ears removed. They found one that was dead with like its eye socket cut out as if it was done surgically. Um, if this had been done by the work of a wolf or other earthly predator, you know, there would have been gashes and blood and organs everywhere, they say. Overall, Terry lost 20% of his herd in the two years that the Shermans lived on the ranch. And there was the time that their dogs were liquefied. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that time. Their dogs went out and, like, chased some glowing orb. And then the next day, Terry went and found their, like, liquefied corpses burnt into the ground. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. That was kind of the tipping point. Uh, the Shermans only lived there for two years before they sold it to Robert Bigelow, aerospace mm -hmm. uh, tycoon, very wealthy man. He started the uh, National Institute for Discovery Science, NIDS, in 1996, and he bought the ranch uh, in order to study the paranormal UFO occurrences at this newly acquired ranch. Terry agreed to stay on the property as a ranch manager, taking care of the land and the new cattle that Bigelow purchased as bait. But then the Sherman family moved 25 miles away to a new ranch. Bigelow pumps a ton of fucking money, money into studying this ranch. I mean, he's hiring armed guards. He hired Dr. Colm uh, Kelleher, who's a biochemist. Um, you know, they, they really tried to do this scientifically. 
Their aim was to gather, gather data in the electromagnetic and magnetic regions and of any UFO lights in the visible and UV spectrum. They had portable equipment. Um, they had like night vision binoculars. They had video cameras, night vision attachments, radio frequency analyzers, microwave detectors, veterinarians on site to study the animals. I mean, they really pumped a lot of money into this. They encounter some weird shit. A lot of it ends up classified. We'll explain why. This We didn't explain that last time. We now know why so much of it is classified. Mm. Look for that later in the episode. They encounter more crazy cow mutilations, including one where a calf was slaughtered in a way that almost made it seem like it was a ritual with all its blood drained and organs removed. Um, they go into the forest one time and they see these giant amber eyes watching them. And when they chase them, they disappear and find like a footprint of some massive bird creature. There's fucking floating orbs everywhere. Uh, George Knapp was on site. He discovered, he describes how the orbs would zip around. And they were seemingly not afraid of anything. But anytime the NIDS team would attempt to film or photograph, the, uh, the pictures would come out blurry. There were 24-hour cameras set up to film them. They would be found dismantled or missing. This period of those as entities that grasped, uh, you know, understanding of our technology. They also found Element 115, supposedly, oh. at this place, right? Wow. When we first covered this, we didn't even know who Bob Lazar was. That's true. We say that in the script. Yeah. That skeptics point out that Bob Lazar, Bob Lazar being attached to the project, doesn't add credibility because Bob Lazar's a fucking liar. Wow. We didn't even have the lore of finger-banging Bob Lazar yet. Wow. We knew so much more about Bob Lazar now. And Element 115. Yeah. Then the current owners, right? So he owns it from 96 to like 2016 the ranch was sold to an undisclosed buyer who we now know more about operating under the shell corp adamantium holdings for 2.5 million um that has changed and we'll get into that in, in a bit but first let's talk about some of the skinwalker skinwalker ranch stories we missed the first time around okay not a ton of stuff but there's a few goodies a few goodies okay they're at skinwinker ranch so SkinwalkerRanch.com is, I believe, I don't know if it's still managed, but it was started by Ryan Skinner. We talked all about Ryan Skinner when we first covered this. He he was kind of like a guy who got really interested in UFO and paranormal phenomenon when driving through that area with his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And they encountered a UFO there. So he kind of became like the point guy for Skinwalker Ranch. And he's like visited the ranch a bunch. He's done TV shows there, podcasts, movies. Um, Ryan, give us a call. <laughs> this was something so on the Skinwalker Ranch website are is this category called entities where Ryan presumably has categorized the various entities that you often find at Skinwalker Ranch. And this was something I wanted to cover. I remember when we first did the topic, but there just wasn't enough time. Um, I thought these were interesting and you beefers know I'm a lore lover. Oh, he loves lore. I love me some lore. And these are descriptions and lore surrounding the recurring entities seen at the ranch. So let's start. The spotlight. This is a single spotlight similar to that on a motorcycle. It travels about 10 to 40 miles an hour, typically hovers around eight feet from the ground, um, sometimes seen with a red taillight behind it. It can fly over any type of terrain. Um, it's often misidentified as one of the later entities will cover flash drone. Seems to be some sort of observation or sentry type vehicle. Um, it seems to ignore the witness or not be able to locate your position. Other times it will directly beam the spotlight immediately upon the witness's location. Um, 
it will interact with you if it spots you. It's very machine-like. Um, and it seems to be able to read your mind. Uh, Ryan is unsure if this is mechanical or not. Because there's no real like entity or body noticed who's like controlling this weird spotlight mechanism. It's just a light. It's just a weird floating light. Mm -hmm. uh, it only lasts usually for 10 to 15 seconds and you have a 46% chance of seeing it. Wow. So what do you think, Andy? The spotlight. <laughs> I like you are the, one for the spotlight. I love the spotlight. That's true. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see that thing read my thoughts and see what it thinks. Yeah. See how it interacts with me. Yeah. Um, pretty high percentage chance, it seems like. Very 46. high percentage chance. Not bad. Uh, let's talk about flash drones. Okay. These are pulsating spherical balls of light, right? These light appear bluish to yellow-green glow. They cast, um, they're not extremely bright, but will cast light on objects immediately surrounding the orb. Typically, there is more than one orb gathered together, so they, they go in like groups. They have the ability to hover and make no noise. Um, there appears to be no physical shape supporting these orbs. A characteristic feature is that they will pulsate their light intensely for a matter of seconds, growing extremely bright and then fading away to nothing is if the object simply vanished. Um, they've been witnessed during the day, but obviously they're much more visible at night. Um, they have been seen transforming into other animal shapes and is suspected of having the ability to transmorph into the shape of local living animals. Which is kind of neat. Huh. A lot of shapeshifters involved with the Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Um, they can affect other electrical objects. They have knocked out power to the ranch house. Um, this is very frequently, this this happens all the time on this, the Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch reality show is their electrical equipment goes haywire, huh. right? Happens all the time. Yeah. Um, they shift between a visible and visible state as they pulsate on and off. They seem intelligent and purposeful in nature. Ryan suspects that they are some sort of transportation vehicle for another intelligence or the drones to this intelligence. They have the role of observing. They are unique in that they appear almost curious about any humans they come across. They seem to easily detect your presence and may be influenced by meditative thoughts and requests. Ryan believes their function is to observe, report, and to transport either consciousness or actual entities within them, as if they're some sort of vessel. This is the most interactive of all the anom anomalies on the ranch and will pursue and entertain its viewers. Kind of neat. Uh transport consciousness that's crazy you're into that oh that's cool Can you imagine if there was like an extraterrestrial that could steal your consciousness that's like cthulhu shit yeah that's cool yeah you might need to call like fucking doom montgomery for that shit yeah that's pretty cool though i mean like just or like even if uh this is maybe like some post-humanism stuff like your consciousness yeah like altered carbon like a drone comes like I, you know the last the last humans that live on Earth. It could be like R2-D2. God damn it. Fucking George. I mean, you could call him a different droid name, perhaps T4C3PO. All right. Okay. Well, you know, you just... You're just naming shit. You already use C3PO. Anthony Daniels? I know you remember this. Anakin created three C three C three PO early on. He was very gifted when it came to robotics. Hey, what gives? Why do they not like recognize him though? What? There's none of this like 
you don't get this sense from the prequels or the like the original movies, the three original Star Wars movies, episodes four, five, and six. You don't get this sense that three PO and R two D two remember like Darth Vader. Yeah, it's almost like they just you know kind of fucking like it's almost uh, like you bolted that story on yeah to, to the prequels and it didn't relate in any way to the events of the original trilogy okay all right all right awkward uh moving on <laughs> <Jason Lewis. laughs> yikes uh <laughs> we'll leave it on the board here uh george we'll leave it on the board the flash drones tend to be more interactive. Uh, if the observer is alone, they p- possess the ability to generate an uncontrollable panic for oh. those that they target. So they can mess with your emotions. They have been weak- witnessed working in groups in like a predator prey fashion. Uh, Ryan describes the sensation of being hit by one is described as being hit by a high velocity warm water balloon. <laughs> water balloon of piss. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that is. I got to really. I got to pause and think about what I think that feels like, though. Getting hit with a warm water balloon? Like, how high velocity? True. Is it by a human throw, or is it like like a catapult fucking launches a water balloon at you? I don't know, man. It says, after the effects immediately evaporate away. However, the state of depression typically following lasting for days or weeks. These things are really fucking with you. Yeah. These are nasty little buggers. Yeah, this is, these are crazy. These are just the drones. These are, ju- these are just the flash drones who are kind of like the little invisible orbs of light. Yeah. They don't know if this is artificial or biological intelligence, potentially an animal-like intelligence. Um, the light radiated is seen in a 180-degree manner and does not cast light behind it. Um, it says a, they last for anywhere from 1 to 45 minutes, and you have a 25% chance of seeing these guys. Ooh, low percent. Well... Not as much as the spotlight, but still pretty good. 25% chance. I guess amongst the things that you might see, this probably is higher. Let's talk about the invisible chopper. Get to the invisible chopper. (laughs) Where? How do I I find it? I don't know where it is. Oh, God, I've been shot. (laughs) See, George, now that's funny right there. Okay. All right. What I think would be pretty funny is if um, one of these creatures, I think they need to be more silly. I mean, these are kids' movies, obviously. I've said this. These are kids' movies. The other thing is, though, hang on. When you say they're kids' movies, it's like you say they're kids' movies, but it's like they're not, though. They're like action-adventure movies that you based off of, like, Flash Gordon. I don't know. You just you say that to, like, cop out and be like, well, it's kid movies, so I don't have to write anything. If they're kid movies... Why do you have a whole thing about the Trade Federation? Why is there like long discussions and scenes about the Galactic Senate? That's not a fucking kid movie, George. Also, George, I'm pretty sure you're only saying it's a kid's movie because you want to market fucking toys. Like, okay, let's get real about this. Okay. All right. I think what would be funny is if one of the drones stepped in some doo-doo. And then they looked at their foot and they said, ooh, stinky, stinky poo-poo. Uh, one of the characters needs to be a lot more sillier. Um, you know, I'm thinking that we could name him Bink Bink. Let me guess. The poop that this droid steps in is Wookie Poop. It could be Wookie Poop. You know, it could be that one never of the really... sand-dwelling camel-like critters. You know, it never really got addressed where anybody goes to the bathroom. 
in the Star Wars universe, did it? Like, you never see anybody using the bathroom. Yeah, that's true. You do see a trash compactor, but that's about it. They make that reference to Bantha Poodoo in one of the movies. So we know the Banthas take shits. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you never see, you never see, like, uh, how come Greedo doesn't confront Han Solo in the bathroom at Mos Eisley? Yeah, that's where that scene should have been set up. Han Solo's Han piss first. Han Solo's sitting on the toilet. Han shit first. Greedo comes in and like rips the door off the stall. Solo, Gooba, Gaba, Booyah, Baba. He's like, I'm taking a shit in here, Greedo. He's like, hold on, I gotta adjust my penis. And then he shoots him with the blaster. On Mabugi. It's like Jabba slithers in, takes a fucking massive dump. <laughs> that's funny right there. I don't get who you are. That's funny right there. Jabba <laughs> and Salacious Chrome come in and they both use toilets right next to each other. That's funny right there. That's fucking great. Invisible Chopper. Heard coming from the south and flying to the north. Sounds like it is a mere 50 feet above your head. The noise sounds like a large helicopter blade slowly rotating around. And Ryan stresses, not even clear daylight. Nothing can be seen. So you're just, it's completely invisible. No smell detected. Love that he wrote that. No smell detected. Good point. You often smell helicopters before you. (laughs) I know I'll be sitting outside and I'll be like, oh my God, is there a helicopter nearby? It smells like helicopter over here. And then it's Oh, it must be summer. I'm smelling helicopters. But that would be kind of freaky to hear that sound and not hear anything. Uh, it seems to fly low immediately overhead. Sounds to be large, similar to the the mini stealth that we'll describe in a minute. Purpose is unknown. Um, it's very slow. Um, uh, let's see. Could be an aerial vehicle with exotic cloaking technology. You can hear it coming and listen for a good time as it passes over your head and continues on to its destination. Three minutes in total. 5.8% chance of seeing Ooh, this. low. Low percentages. I think they get lower and lower. So we started with the highest. Maybe. Okay, okay. I'm wrong. The okay. next one is 7%. Oh, the well, mini stealth. Described as a miniature version of the stealth fighter. You know that classic stealth bomber? Mini version of it. Um, it's roughly only 8 feet long by 6 feet wide. It flies extremely fast. It's all black with no exhaust. It performs these aerobatic uh, or... Aerobatic? Yeah. Right? Sure. Yeah. Maneuvers. Uh, It flies over the heads of witnesses. It flies from the south to the north of the ranch and surrounding property. Unknown purpose. We don't know what it's here to do. Hmm. Um, It feels military in nature and man-made. Definitely is a solid object. But, you know, due to its fast nature, it can only be seen for a short period of time. Five to ten seconds. Wow. 7% chance of seeing it. Short window to catch it. Very short window. We've talked about this one before. This is the bulletproof wolf. This dire wolf-like creature has long, dirty, mangy gray-black hair, has a proud, intimidating, and intense presence. At this time, Ryan is unsure if it is hostile or friendly. Uh, It should be feared, he says. It has a large, sturdy body. Has unusually long and bushy tail. Um, may travel with the flash drones and manifest from them as seen by two researcher. Has and will vanish from view eventually, but seems solid in nature. Has a penetrating stare 
but is unable slash unwilling to communicate verbally or physically? Is Ryan's personal belief that the wolf is the solid manifestation of whatever intelligence is on the ranch? It is a biological form taken to directly physically interact on the three-dimensional plane we exist on. This is getting fucking like weird. I'm yeah. liking it. <laughs> yeah. It has a curious demeanor and maybe uh, a shape taken for whatever reason to direct directly inspect whatever's observing it. Uh-huh. It's very biological in appearance. Um, it's, however, definitely not the characteristics of a normal wild wolf. And it will approach you within 10 feet or closer, two to five minutes, 15% chance of seeing. 15? 15. For the bulletproof wolf. For the bulletproof wolf. Has Ryan ever seen it? I don't know. Maybe. I'm assuming so because he's writing about it. Yeah. The controllers. These sound like two adult males speaking to one another in an unknown language. Wow. They're invisible and usually overheard speaking about 20 feet above one's head. They're speaking in a Native American-like dialect. The assumption is they are speaking about the individuals below them. They sound as if they are speaking through a walkie-talkie or like a voice would sound like through a radio. It sounds as if there is a mechanical medium through which they, the, their like speech emits. There are stories from other witnesses who have seen the visible version of these two, and they're described as human in appearance. They make no attempt to directly communicate with the witnesses, and even their conversations may be accidentally overheard. Once recognized, the speech will promptly disengage. Um, they appear to coincide with the flyover of the invisible chopper and um, were heard speaking to one another after the chopper had flown over. They have also been heard after the appearance of the flash drones. Thus, whatever they may be, they seem to make an entrance only after a preceding paranormal event has occurred. Thus, the title of the controller is they are likely the entities believed uh, behind these other more mechanical devices. So they might be the ones controlling the spotlight. They might be the ones controlling the mechanical drones. We don't know, yeah. but that's a theory. Huh. They're potentially human-like and sounds more biological in nature than machine. Now, they may be interdimensional entities who are speaking through a device when accidentally overheard. You know? They usually only last for a minute and they will suddenly stop if they're heard. 15% chance of hearing, 1.3% chance of seeing. But wait, has anybody seen them? Yeah, he describes some witnesses have seen them. Oh, okay. I got the idea that they were like the choppa where you never see it. Usually you're never going to see them. You're usually going to hear them, it seems. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the traveler. (laughs) This is an ancient-looking native man dressed in primitive attire. He and his tribe once lived in the Skinwalker Ridge Cliffs and Upper Canyons just northeast of the ranch house where their bodies are rumored to be buried. He is said to have lost his family and entire tribe to, quote, the sky beasts, which came out of a bright light. He wears the skins of animals and resides with them as he travels about the ranch property. These include the wolf, the coyote, and the eagle. As a result of his contact with an alien-slash-interdimensional presence on the ranch, he now resides on the ranch and nearby properties as an ethereal, ghost-like figure. Alive, yet not so in the context that modern science understands. He is seen at times as a flesh-and-blood solid human, while other times he seems, quote, out of phase, end quote, as if translucent and within another timeline, confused by the intersection of seeing a modern-day witness alert to his presence. 
He serves a role as a silent witness, commonly present in the background, separate from the balls of light and whatever the host they represent. He is known within inner government circles as the Traveler and was once a Navajo man, but is now no longer human. He is known to initiate communication with those who seek his audience by accepting their offerings on the property. Again, he was once human, assumed to have died. He now resides as something of a spiritual uh, nature, forever trapped in a timeless interdimensional void, uh, providing warnings to truth seekers and oversight to the interactions of the foreign intelligence which frequents the property. He is a separate entity from the ranch's main hosts. His motives appear altruistic and a harbinger for the coming of the host. One minute to two hours in duration. He appears both physically and is seen transforming into animals, but also has ability to uh, visit the witness at home and appear to them while placing them into a trance-like state. He also has been channeled through Ouija boards. 2% chance of seeing him in his physical form, 5% chance of making contact via non-corporeal means. Huh. That's lower than I expected. Why? What were you thinking? Well, I don't know. I thought like, well, what was the over under on seeing the traveler? I, I kind of felt like it would be higher, more like, you know, I would say you probably set the over under at like 22 and a half percent. I would have taken the over. Now, what does that mean that you would say it would have been over that percent? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Because I would have thought, well, you know, you have like 46 percent chance of seeing um, the the uh, the initial thing, which I I don't remember the name that Ryan the spotlight it, the spotlight. And then you have a pretty decent chance of seeing the drones. Yeah. So it's like if he's appearing generally after these things or like watching while these happen, right? I would think oh, it'd be higher. So it's lower than I thought. Here's the last, um, last one: the sentient mist. <laughs> oh, here we go. The sentient mist. Oh, baby, a sentient mist. You're loving this. This is what we want. Described by Bigelow researchers as quote a neurological electricity end quote. Oh, what a great description! Yeah, baby, this unique entity is completely black in color and takes the intangible form of a thick smoke. This is like the fucking smoke monster from Lost. Yeah, the smoke is described like a disembodied skin of a black electrified energy that possesses an intel intellect. It's smart. Theories hold that this is a pre-transitional embodiment of a not-yet-formed entity as it emerges from a portal or flash drone. This shapeless, malleable mist will eventually mold itself into a local animal or humanoid. Fucking dope. Damn, that's cool. Yeah. Believed to be a temporary body uh, type thing taken by an unformed entity, this form may be temporal non-physical state necessary to survive the physically challenging and complex nature of transversing a wormhole. Mm. The mist will typically transition into a humanoid wolf or local animal shape once it emerges from the portal. It will solidify on our dimensional space. It has also been described as having tentacles, which it uses to toxify its victims by inserting via the mouth and other places, thereby oh, suffocating oh, the lungs. Oh, okay. <laughs> with what feels like burning dust. Oh, where else? What other holes does it get into, huh? <laughs> oh, you gotta look up on the internet. <laughs> this immediately transports the victim into the spirit world, a nether region, the devoid space between Earth and the heavens. The sightings almost always result in a close encounter with the entity. No communication occurs. Will result in a noticeable electric shock if physical contact occurs. Resulting final form is believed to be a lifeless yet physically real creature. 30 seconds in total, 2% chance. Oh, God. 
such a low percent, but this is the one I want to see. That's the one you want to see. That well, that's, I don't know. That thing's well, fucking scary. Yeah, I guess you probably you die, right? Out of all those things, I'm gonna see the traveler. Yeah, the traveler. Like a nice man. That, yeah, the traveler sounds like he would be a cool dude. Yeah. Like I want to have the traveler by my side when right. a disembodied mist yes. comes up and gets me. But that's the coolest one on the list. Right. On the least. The least is the mist. Um, let's talk about the portal. Okay. There's a lot of portals seen, right? So it's a very portal heavy area. What I'm getting at too, I think we did Skinwalker Ranch, I think, you know, we can talk about this more in the discussion, is that Skinwalker Ranch is in some ways it's like very paranormal. And then it's been shifting more into like metaphysical and UFO. Right. Especially now. It's like purely that. And right. we'll talk about more about what how it is now with its modern history. But portals were a big thing. One of the big theories, and we'll talk about all the theories of Skinwalker Ranch as well, is that it is a it is a wormhole. Like mm-hmm. it is a portal between maybe another dimension, uh, different place in the galaxy, and different entities are using it to uh, as like a means of getting to our world. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to kill Hamlet in the first act here, but are you going to revisit some portal stories? No. From huh? Well, one. The one about that big beast coming out of the portal? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm about to get to that right now. That's such a good story. So, we talked a little bit, uh, quickly, we talked about portals, right? Yeah. Uh, Again, Knapp and Keller theorized the ranch could be a source for a wormhole or a hole in the fabric of space-time, some kind of Stargate, perhaps. We've talked about Stargates before. Um... You know, hosting between other dimensions. Let's see. Ba, 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 ba. So, there's another story from the ranch where one night, Terry was out on his porch with his gun, <laughs> watching the night sky. Just watching his ranch. Right. Obviously, weird shit's happening. He's out there probably just keeping an eye on his property. Ready to shoot anything he sees in the sky. Ready to fucking shoot some mechanical drones in the sky. And out, out on the distance, out on the horizon, he sees an orange orb. Suddenly, he's watching this thing out in the distance, out on the horizon. Ways away, it's at night. He sees this thing transform into an oval-type portal. Out in the distance, he can see very faintly, but he can see it. Inside the portal, he could see like a blue sky. It's like this thing was like a literal mirror or a hole into another universe, another world. All seems well and good. But then, out from the portal, emerges a creature. A hideous creature in all black, crawling on all fours. This very well could have been the sentient nest. Mm-hmm. Immediately after this portal encounter, Terry sees these blue orbs just come floating everywhere, all around his ranch. And when you get these blue orbs near you, you get the overwhelming sense of anxiety. We talked about these orbs, right? These yeah. are the flash drones that are messing with your messing with your mind. That could have been the sentient nest. Yeah. And then this story is connected to the liquefied dogs. They go out and they chase that orange orb. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, yeah, that's when he finds them yeah. liquefied to death. Yeah. Crazy story. Um, let's talk a little bit more about what's changed since we've covered. Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. So those were some things we didn't get to the first time around. A couple of fun stories, more lore on the entities. Really, though, I feel like a lot of the 
all the stories that happened with the Shermans, we covered. And that was really where all the paranormal stuff was. Right. A lot of this more UFO stuff, we have to start getting into like what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Right. The new owner. When we first covered this, we didn't know who the new owner was. Right. We only knew about Adamantium. Well, it was revealed. Adamantium Real Estate was a Delaware, it's a Delaware company uh, based in Salt Lake City. They have a they have a trademark on the term Skinwalker Ranch in oh. 2018. And it was registered in 2020. Oh. Um, let's see. So in March of 2020, Brandon Fugel, uh, a Utah real estate tycoon, announced he was the owner of Skinwalker Ranch. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Brandon in a little bit, but that's who it was. It's Brandon Fugel. He's the one who owns it. He's a real estate tycoon, uh, like a businessman, investor. He's the one who bought the ranch. Sort of like Bigelow. Like Bigelow, yeah. I mean, different industry, but... Different industry. Yeah. The website's changed a lot, too. When uh, we were researching it, the website still had like a fucking 90s vibe. Uh, whoever managed it. Fucking redid the thing. Looks a lot better. Wow. So good job to the website. Great job to the skinwalkerranch.com web designer. Obviously, the History Channel hunt for the skinwalker. We got to talk about that. Um, Actually, I think it's called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, not The Hunt for the Skinwalker. Hunt for the Skinwalker, I think, was I think the it's movie. a movie, right? Yeah. A documentary? It's a reality show on the History Channel, and it's pretty in line with their other quote-unquote reality shows. Right, I can imagine. What I'm calling the ancient alien cinematic universe. You know, where they do like one little scene setting up the shot or like what they're doing. And then they eight fucking cutaways to various people describing said scene or story in slightly different ways, but all saying the exact same thing to maximize time. Like each one of these shows is really like 10 minutes in length as as far as like actual content. (laughs) But like all the cutaways and like every time they come back from commercial, they have to recap what they just learned about. And like, you know what I'm saying? You know but, how they go. Well, yeah. I mean, as a as a, I haven't been kept up with it, but I used to watch pretty religiously the Curse of Oak Island on History Channel, right? And it would tease for the entire episode some new information every time they're about to go to a commercial break. Right. They tease it like coming up, and then when they come back, they have to recap what they just did, right? And then they finally get to that thing at the very end of the episode, and it's so inconsequential. And it's like, nothing. Oh, it didn't reveal anything. Same same fucking song and dance, here. right? But they're doing pretty fucking well. Uh, it was ranked number one of the top 50 original cable telecasts for its season two finale. Oh, shit. In 2021. No kidding. Goddamn. But I mean, you know. I mean, I know that's like they've winnowed out a lot of stuff because yeah. it's original yeah. cable yeah. telecast. Right. It's like, and this was a finale. You're not really competing with the highest caliber. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like being yeah. the best basketball player in your fucking kindergarten basketball it, team. It was, up, it was up against uh, the season finale of Gary Busey Pet Judge. <laughs> That night. (laughs) So uh, their take is that they use science and technology to attempt to decode the secrets of the ranch. Yeah. Such as lasers, ground penetrating radar and drones. Oh, God. This is this is exactly a history channel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got people on there with like PhDs. Mm -hmm. And then the two hosts are like. Who are the hosts? I think it's Eric Beard and I forget the other guy's name. Mm -hmm. But they're just like, you know, they, they dress like fucking Jeff Probst. They wear like those safari shirts and like uh, cargo pants. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, what do you need that for? I don't know. And they're like, they're just kind of the hosts where they go. So you're telling me that what we're seeing here might be 
evidence of an alien portal. And they're like, I mean, we can't prove that it's not that, you know, right, it's like yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> because like the data people will be like, well, this data, I'm telling you, this is odd. Like this does not line up with what I've normally seen in my data. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Shit like that. But it's doing well. So good for them. The show hasn't uncovered much. No skinwalkers captured. No bulletproof wolves. No UFOs, at least that we know of. Right. You know, it's bad. A couple for the show floating if they orbs. Do. It's bad for the show if they do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because then the show is over. They figure it out. They have encountered strange electronic malfunctions, inconsistent data in their tests, and even radiation burns in one instance. Mm. But I guess it's true that the 90s were just a better decade for paranormal activity at Skinwalker Ranch because all the insane shit that happened on the ranch and that the ranch is so famous for kind of happened when the Shermans lived there. Hmm, how interesting. Now, you're saying that with your little hmm. <laughs> Me so fucking smug. Let's get to the skeptics take. Okay. And then we're going to expand on this a lot more. There's a lot more to the skeptics take. Yeah. So, when we first covered this topic, we gave many a classic skeptics take on the phenomenon in the first visit to the ranch, especially from the man with two bulletproof wolves inside of him, handsome Brian Dunning. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, no. There are two bulletproof wolves inside of me. And both of them need to fuck. We'll answer the call. There's two of us. There's two of us, Brian. Plenty for your two wolves, Brian. Cattle mutilation can be explained as regular predatory behavior, grossly over-exaggerated. The ranch has failed to actually turn up any evidence whatsoever. The whole charade is more about UFOs than skinwalkers. The only reason it's called skinwalkers is because of a semi-popular movie that came out at the same time. The Shermans experienced some kind of group psychosis or were in on the grift as this ranch and uh, bolstered the paranormal activity there to make bigger profit off of it as to make up for the loss of their cattle business. But how does that skeptics take hold up given some of the newer developments in the ranch's lore? Mm -hmm. I'd like to shout out in Answers with Joe. I think his name is Joe Scott. He's a YouTuber. He's got he's a fucking huge channel. Doesn't need a shout out from us. He's got like a million plus subscribers. I've I've watched a few of his yeah, videos you've, before. He's probably shown up in the research before. He does a yeah. great job. Yeah, he does really good videos. And uh, he did a great job with his skeptical take on Skinwalker Ranch. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to basically be aggregating a lot of those points. So I want to shout that out as well. Check that out. Yeah. We'll be in the research. Is Skinwalker Ranch going the way of Oak Island mystery? Just like you said, is it more mystery- then treasure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Let's really dive into some of the lore here. Mm -hmm. Starting with the location. The Uinta Basin is the remnants of the prehistoric Uinta Lake, which was formed some 2 million years ago. Oh, in a galaxy far, far away. Oh my God. George, you were being so good. 2 million years ago in a galaxy far, far away. Come on. <laughs> we literally said it was in Utah. It was in Utah. That on Earth. Okay. Would be like Tatooine. Moisicely is very desert climate. Um, no, actually, we shot that in Tunisia. Mm, that was the setting for Moisicely. I know. It's a desert planet of sand. Hey, what the fuck is... Why is everybody obsessed with Tatooine? It's supposed to be this, like, backwater world where, you know, you can hide Luke Skywalker out for his whole childhood, 
That way he doesn't come under the, the eyes of the Empire. Why is Tatooine such a fucking, like, linchpin in every, like, Star Wars media property? <laughs> I, well, honestly, I'm going to, George, I'm going to actually go to bat for you. That's that's the newer Disney version of Star Wars where they're, like, obsessed. And as something tells me it has something to do with Tunisia's really easy to film in. <laughs> that's shit. Affordable to shoot there? I think that's where they film all the desert scenes is Tunisia. I'm not sure. Wow. But I think that's where they film. Yeah, no, everything is set on Tatooine. It's fucking annoying. I'm getting sick of it. The yeah. Book of Boba Fett was set there. Mandalorian was set there for a while. Uh, the fucking Obi-Wan show is there for a long time. But even but even in fucking... Um, All the stupid movies? The 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 sequels. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see the, the second and third sequels. I, I only either. saw The Force Awakens. They were in Tatooine on that mo- in that movie. Know. Like, why is everybody in Tatooine? I don't know. Or it's don't... desert planets. This is supposed to be a huge galaxy with... I know. I had a whole book as a kid on planets in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. And, like, there's so much biodiversity. Why can't we go to Yavin 4? We haven't been back there for ages. There's all these planets that exist already in the expanded universe, and you never go there. Why can't we just go to those planets? No, we go to the same fucking goddamn planets every fucking time. <laughs> The Mandalorian actually does explore uh, more. So you check that out. You might like it. Okay. I haven't watched it. The basin covers some massive 9,000 square miles and has been inhabited for a long time by the Archaic and Fremont native peoples and by the Ute tribe. The Ute are talented artists and storytellers and have inhabited the area for a long time. In their religion, they trace their origin to a half-man, half-wolf god named Sinoyef, and they are very connected to the physical and spiritual elements of the natural world. The Utes are very fearful of the Skinwalker uh, in their lore. They view the Skinwalkers as truly evil beings that you do not want to fuck with by any means. <laughs> Even saying the word Skinwalker is grounds for invoking their presence and wrath. Right. So that's a little bit more about the lore. Talk a little bit more about the geography. Gilsonite, a type of asphalt, was discovered in the basin around 1888. The land contains oil as well and has numerous oils and gas fields. Mineral rights are the primary income source for the various Indian reservations located there. Ah, yeah. There is a frack ton of fracking going on as well. So much so, in fact, that the ground air of the basin is fracking full of carcinogenic gases and rogue emissions from oil and gas drilling. It's so bad that it actually was a breakthrough for climate climate science because they assumed for decades that life-threatening smog only showed up in big cities. But the basin is surrounded by mountains and it forms kind of a bowl that's perfect for winter inversions creating an, a visible haze where the sun's rays cook the volatile gases into ozone. Um, the worst such period in the basin's recent history was the winter of 2012 to 2013 when nearly all of the Uinta Basin mothers whose babies died, whose babies died were pregnant. I think that's backwards. Basically, like, everybody who got pregnant fucking died. All their babies died. Wow. For like one year. God damn. It's bad. Yeah. So this, so what you're saying is this, the Uinta Basin is like, is full of smog. Is that the, it's full of smog. Schmaug. Schmaug. That's least from Schmaug. I guess all those unexplainable cattle deaths make a little bit more sense now, huh? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Also, that mm-hmm. uh, that uh, shared psychosis, maybe that's like 
akin to carbon monoxide poisoning. Like they're not in their right minds, the Shermans. It's so bad that Fugel, the owner of the ranch, mm-hmm. won't even let his own children visit the ranch. <laughs> and he said, like, he's quoted as saying, like, yeah, we have to take special precautions, like going there. Oh, damn. It's fucking bad. Wow. The carcinogenic gases everywhere. It's yeah. fucked. And this is from this there's is, nuclear fallout there as well, allegedly. Oh, from like testing mm-hmm. in Nevada. There's believe that some of the nuclear fallout also floated over. Oh, and then it can't clear out because it's in that right. bowl. Right. Yeah. So this is like it's like got that L.A. thing going on where yep. nothing can escape because right. the mountains block incoming rain and then it it only forms on the other side. Yep. Oh, interesting. Um, they trademarked the term Skinwalker Ranch. You know, Fugel, let's talk a little bit about him. He had an upbringing in the Mormon church. He claims that's what spurred his interest in the paranormal. Being the person to prove the existence of extraterrestrial activity isn't a new venture, and it is an exciting one, an enticing one. So it makes sense why Fugel would invest in the ranch, right? Right. Here's a quote for him. What we are witnessing could be evidence that we live in a multidimensional universe, that we are not alone, that we may be interacting with other entities, other intelligence. Joe concludes this as well, and I think I agree, that Fugel seems like a sincere guy, but he's not going to do all of this fucking work at a loss. He's also a businessman. He's crunched the numbers. That's why he's running a fucking History Channel reality show and making money Mm -hmm. off of this. Yeah, But at the same time, you know, I think it's like, hey, if I actually could be the guy who discovers any kind of thing about aliens, that would be fucking awesome. But I'm also not going to do that at a loss. Yeah, Fugle's just like Marty Lagina, Legina from Oak Island. Yeah. Because Rick, his older brother, is like, doesn't have the money to finance this. Right. And he's like, we got to do it. We got to find the treasure. I totally believe there's treasure on Oak Island. And Marty's like, hmm, well, shit. Yeah. Uh, I can afford it. But I got to find some way to offset the huge costs associated with bringing my sophisticated mining equipment there, which he owns because he was a, ran a mining company. Right. Uh, so it's like, oh, let's have a History Channel show. <laughs> that production budget will offset a lot of these costs. Exactly. I don't know. It's a win-win, it seems. Also, we can run tours. Yeah. I mean, it's at this point, it's like, is it a grift? Is it a scam? I don't know. I think there's a I think there's a combo of the two where it's like that's fine. I mean, it's like anything though. Is no one's it, going to this fucking ranch. It's like anything though. Is a tourist every tourist destination is a grift in some every, way. Every every so every one, yeah. The Myers family, right? The, they were the previous owners. They owned the ranch for six years before selling it to the Shermans in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Surely, with how paranormal and freaky this ranch is, they must have seen some outrageous stories, right? Wrong. They saw nothing. They never saw a single fucking thing. Yeah. They've never reported anything. Yeah. The Myers are dead, the two owners, but the brother of one of the owners has said, he's like, he has some really fucking snappy, kind of sassy quote where they were like, where I think it was Bigelow asked him like, so uh, you probably saw a bunch of fucking aliens and shit. You probably saw some crazy shit. And they were like, no, uh, it seems like those UFOs arrived right when the Shermans did. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so a lot of the noxious gas is not just due to the natural, like the natural underground state of the Uinta Basin, right? It's due because of the like drilling for oil and like 
fracking that's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. So like when the Myers lived there, there probably was no fracking, right? That's a more of a modern thing. So well, maybe, yeah, I mean, you got to think like so maybe 92 this... to minus 60 years is what? Yeah. So from the 1930s, there, someone in the Myers family owned that fucking yeah. land. So it's like, I don't know when fracking started. Yeah. And when did they discover oil and stuff? So maybe it wasn't like, uh, Maybe and the, the ranch, methods by which you got oil yeah. in their time was probably maybe not as carcinogenic or maybe it was. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, oh, well, if, you know, the Shermans were experiencing this, the Meyer, if we, if we say it's something environmental. Right. Well, let's talk about the Shermans. Obviously, the Shermans raked in the big bucks selling this grift of the story, right? Mm. Wrong. Yeah. They sold it for less than they paid for it and they mm. took a big loss on it. And the Shermans are literally the only people in the whole Skinwalker Ranch saga who have never put out a book or a show or anything regarding their time on the ranch. They don't talk about it. They don't like to talk about it. So what gives? Well, I don't know. I guess you can't count them in on the grift. Maybe it is a shared psychosis due to the gases. Maybe it's something about the loss of all the cattle and trying to cope with not being as good as something that you once were. But, Digging is a very serious, what were you going to say? But didn't they, am I remembering right, that Bigelow had them on like payroll? Yeah. After he bought it because they were there as like caretakers and consultants on the ranch. Right. right. So. It's true. They sold it at a loss to Bigelow, but well, maybe they made it back in salary. Let's talk about it. Digging is a very serious offense on the Skinwalker Ranch TV show. They claim that digging on the ranch is what releases the spirits. But, remember, releases the noxious fumes. That, the Uinta Basin is rich with minerals and oil and gas. Well, when the Myers sold the ranch to the Shermans, the Myers family retained the mineral rights to the property. So if anyone dug on the property and found some Texas tea bubbling there, well, it would belong to the Myers family. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe the Shermans have some kind of contract like that when they sold it to Bigelow. Mm-hmm. That would be a lot more money than the actual fucking like 200000 you make on the ranch. I mean, fuck. Yeah. Oil. Get me? Yeah. As, uh, as J. Paul Getty said, the meek shall inherit the earth, but not its mineral rights. I don't know who that is. That. You know, the, uh, the newspaper guy. Getty. Like Getty Images? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what that was from. Yeah. Cool. The meek shall inherit the earth, but not its mineral rights. Let's talk about <laughs> big big titty goth Bigelow. Um <laughs> their fa- their face win no no Bigelow titty goth GF. Um so Bigelow buys the ranch and sets up NIDS to study the ranch. Well, they disbanded NIDS in 2004 and set up Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, or BASS. B-A-A-S-S. BASS. BASS. I love an acronym with ass in it. So it turns out that Bigelow didn't not find anything on the ranch. They did. It just turns out that BASS was working with ATIP, the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. You know, the program that got some heat in 2020 when Congress had been turned out that Congress had been studying UAPs and shit. They dropped that mid pandemic. You remember that? Right. The famous, the Tic Tac video mm-hmm. that everyone freaked out about while we were all on lockdown. Right. That was in like May of 2020. Right. 
So Bigelow and Bass were researching Skinwalker Ranch for that fucking program. There's millions of dollars in government funding going into that stuff to mm-hmm. like research what was going on at fucking Skinwalker Ranch. Wow. And everything they found when they studied it, still classified. Mm-hmm. So that's a little update on Skinwalker Ranch, right? That's some new information. I think the new skeptics take is very interesting. We learned a lot of information. So I guess in uh, like what, uh, 45 years, we'll be able to come back and revisit this. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that stuff will be unclassified. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It'll be free information. Well, I mean, I guess, what is Skinwalker Ranch? An evil shaman trapped in an alternative timeline causing havoc? Is it a portal for interdimensional travel and for aliens and UFOs to travel to our planet? Is it the site where the U.S. government makes contact with extraterrestrials? Or is it one big ELO scam? (laughs) Well, perhaps, Andy. What it really is is the whole enchilada. Or is it a new trilogy? One of action and adventure and a ranch far, far away. Amid a galactic battle between the government and aliens, a young man, Luke Skinwalker, learns of his father's past as an alien grifter before he was murdered at the hands of the evil Darth Bigelow. Now, with the help of his colorful cast of comrades, he must learn to wield the mysterious force known only as the whole enchilada to vanquish the forces of evil and save the galaxy. May the whole enchilada be with you. Now that's a movie I'd watch. You fucking got it, George. Woo! Okay. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Science, science, science. Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes... Yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. 
Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast. Hey, welcome back, bug buggers. That was our revisiting of Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. I don't know, Andy. What do you think? Um, you famously shat all over the ranch. I think the first time around, you probably said that it wasn't fucking scary. It wasn't anything interesting. Nothing cool was going on there. What do you think? Does that still hold up? Skinwalker Ranch is one of those places that I would love to go to. I don't think I would. I mean. I I said this before. I was like, I think it would be very cool to go there and like, like stay there for a few nights and just see what happened. But I mean, I guess if there's a bunch of carcinogens in the air, I don't want to fucking go now. I'm not going there. Yeah, I call it all that route. This this episode really changed my viewpoint on that because I thought it would be very cool. I was like, maybe I would have actually an experience that I would not understand. Percentage wise, it seems like maybe you would. But now I would have to always question, like, was I just huffing carcinogenic fumes? And that's why I saw something I didn't understand. Um, I think, honestly, my opinion of the ranch, I really like it. I think I might have said this on the first time around, but it's been going downhill because now it's like it's so UFO based. I like I like the Sherman's stories. Yeah. Better than I like what's come out about. With Bigelow yeah. and Nids. It's like UFOs and, and like bass. Fucking lights flying around and shit. I'm like, tell me more about this sentient mist. Right. I'm into the sentient mist. That portal story. Yeah. Like the, That's I, fucking dope. Every once in a while, I think about that portal story and I'm like, man, that would be so fucking scary. That would be but, fucking terrifying. If you were Terry Sherman and this is what you actually saw, I would be like, oh fucking shit, let's get out of here. Like, how would you spend the night at the house? I wouldn't. I'd be like, I gotta go. Dude, it's almost scarier that it's in the distance and not like right up fucking close. You because, know what I'm saying? Because it's like, there's something like, it's like out in the distance. You well, know? and it's like, it's out in the distance and it's like, oh, it comes through the portal. The portal's the only light, the only thing illuminating the area around it. And then when the portal closes, this thing goes away, like it's just darkness and you have no idea where it went. And it's just there. And it's like, if it, it was up close, you would see it. Yeah. But it's like, now it's just here and you don't know where it is. Yeah. There's something very unsettling about it. being So unsettling. Distance. Yeah. Um, I love that portal story. Yeah. It's a great story. Like one of the best things in the lore. Although I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't remember what I said in the when we did this episode originally. I know that I took a big shit on Terry Sherman. I don't listen to this show. I think it was about like how he was a bad father and stuff and like putting his kids at risk of uh because it was part of the wolf story. <laughs> um so I don't know. I and I think I called him a bad rancher and stuff. Jeez. Uh but I really went hard at him. Um you like to apologize for that or no? No. I don't feel like I need to apologize <laughs> for anything. Um <laughs> I'm just saying what I feel in the moment. That doesn't require apology. So I think that, um, though, I don't know. It's weird to me, right? Because I th- I'm sure we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. The Shermans didn't make bank on this. What do you? Th- as far as we ask. know, you think they're involved in this? Like, I can't. I can't. I. Ca- I have to think yes. Yeah. I have to think they have some part in it, because like I get it that if you just take it at its face value, right? Like they had these fucked up experiences while they lived there and they didn't want to live there anymore. Right. And so they were like, let's do, let's just sell this fucking thing. And of course, Robert Bigelow, it's not like he's an unsavvy person. So he's like, okay, well, sure. Let me buy this from you at a fucking loss to you. It's very much like a Westfield watcher type of thing where 
or an Amityville horror type of situation where it's like, we just have to get out of here. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, okay, they had to get out of here, but Bigelow keeps them on to work at the ranch. It's like, well, if you couldn't live there, why do you feel okay? Like working there? It's almost like you just basically, you did nothing changed for you. You sold the ranch. You made a little bit of cash, but then now all of your expenses are paid by Robert Bigelow. And also you're getting a salary. Like they may, if they did that, if that's what happened, they made out. Okay. I think. Yeah. It's like that loss that they took. That's on selling true. It. People, it's not like, yeah. Oh my God, it ruined their lives. And people, they people bankrupt. are focusing really hard on the like, well, they took a loss. It's like, right. yeah, but you can make income in other ways. Right. And it may have been worth it to them. Like you said, if they, if they somehow like acquired the mineral rights from the Myers, um, and then they had the mineral rights to sell or they're holding the mineral rights still. Of course, it's probably worth it to sell the ranch. Mm-hmm. And you think like somebody's going to dig up oil and then we don't even have to fucking stay here and we'll be millionaires because also they'll find oil. Maybe they realize like the reason why this caught any attention was because of the cattle deaths. Right. So the cattle deaths, what is what it got printed in that newspaper. And mm-hmm. that's what brought Bigelow in. That's what brought everyone's attention to this. Right. It was the weird cattle deaths. Right. So if we can assume that these cattle deaths are a result of these fucking carcinogenic gases, you think the Shermans, like maybe the Shermans realized like, oh, well, I lost 20% of my fucking herd living up here. Like this sucks. Yeah. Cows cost thousands and thousands of dollars. It's not cheap. They're fucking expensive. So like if you have to, it's like one thing, if you have a breeding population and, and you can breed them and you have like, you're good at that, like fine, whatever you can replace them for like little cost it takes time of course that's cost money but you know it's like if you have to go buy cattle or like right. buy semen i mean it's it's not cheap to go buy animal semen especially if you're just going to cook with it and that's speaking from personal experience <laughs> it's like there are so with it. there's so many <laughs> so fucking gross there's so many bulls out there um but if you're going to get real fucking bovine semen, you know, from a reputable source that, you know, it's not been cut with semen from any other animal. Like you, I mean, you, you pay, you pay a price for that. So Terry Sherman's looking down the bill at all this, like bull cum he's going to have to buy. And he's probably thinking like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Fuck this. I'm going to sell the ranch, but I'm going to, I'm going to backdoor my way in as I usually do and stay here and get paid to do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't think that someone like Bigelow, he could probably like Terry could have probably upcharged him. Right. And I think I, I, that's what I honestly think is I think the Shermans moved there. They realized they made a mistake that this is not a good land for cattle farming. This was not the right move. Uh, They're sick. They're seeing shit. Uh, it's there's noxic fucking gases and it's just not and so Bigelow's like probably a win-win for them people like to look at this like it's automatically a pejorative that they took this loss they only sold it for $200,000 with the land value it's like dude it's like money can be exchanged for goods and services like right. that's the purpose of it it's like if it gets them out of this shit deal right then that gets them out of the shit deal right yeah why would you sit there and be like no 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 I'm going to sit here and expose my entire family to fucking carcinogenic glasses, kill off my entire fucking cattle business because I can't get the right price on my fucking house. It's like, and then what are you fucking literally stupid? have no business. Yeah. Take the deal. Deal or it's, no deal. It's, take it. 
It's like, and then Terry Sherman, you know, he turns into this sort of like Hollis Brown type character <laughs> where the whole family's stuck in this ranch. All the cattle are dead outside. <laughs> Nothing can get done. There's no rain or anything. And he's just holding his shotgun still. And then all of a sudden he kills his whole family and himself. Any uh, Call of Cthulhu players out there want to make a one shot based on Skinwalker Ranch? <laughs> do it and then send it to me. Yeah. I'd love to see it. We definitely will watch it or listen to it. Mm. Whatever. Well, it would be a document that you would read. Oh. It'd be like an adventure oh. scenario. Oh, okay. It's an RPG game. All right. Maybe well, Jer- anyway. Jer- Jeremy, let us know. Jeremy, fucking let us know. I guess you also have to consider, though, that the Shermans were fucking lying about the whole thing. But like you said, I don't know how plausible it is to say that they're lying because they never did anything with those lies. Why would they lie about it? Yeah. You usually look for what motivation did somebody have to lie? Did they have any motivation? I mean, I don't know. Like they didn't. They started a phenomenon with their stories, right? They really did. And it would have been possible for them to probably turn that into some sort of, uh, like you said, a book deal, a movie deal, something, and they didn't. So it doesn't make sense to me that they were probably lying. Like, they're probably honestly having experiences. But at the same time, if it's all driven by, like, carcinogenic fumes, like, fumes are a hell of a drug. Yeah, I guess it's like, okay, they offboarded the ranch. They get to go live somewhere away from the fumes. All they have to do is show up there to work for Bigelow. They get paid for that. What, it's a, it's not a bad deal. Then they don't have to worry about the cattle anymore, mm-hmm. you know. Or they could have moved the cattle somewhere else where they're not going to die. Because it does make a lot of sense, I guess, if you think about the animal mutilation and the fact that the cattle are dying because of carcinogenic fumes. So there's no wounds or anything on the cattle because they wouldn't be. They would be all internal, and then they're just like being the victims of predation. Mm-hmm. Like as we talked about, you know, if you're going to eat a dead animal that's whole, like a whole carcass. It's easy to start places where the flesh is soft, like the anus or the genitals. That's where that's where predators start or scavengers for the belly. It's, it's easier to get in there. You know, if you go for the thickest part of the hide, it's tough to get through there. Yeah. But if you go right for the asshole, there's it's it's easy. You can get right in there. Easy pickings. Yeah, easy pickings. I mean, if you if you're trying something else, you're working too hard. Go right for the anus. Oh, man. I think, too, cattle mutilations in and of themselves can have, like, their own... It's like its own topic, and... Um, there's there's tons of skeptical takes on those as well. Like, like you know, blood... People go, oh, well, there's no blood. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, blood seeps into the ground and then it gives the impression that there's no blood, but it's like gravity pulls the blood right into the ground and then it seeps into the ground. Yeah. And then it goes away. Right. So unless you're like rooting around. Well, and I think we, I think we talked about this too in the first one is like, how long has it been since they, since the animal died? Right. Like that was very unclear in a lot of these. There were only a couple of instances that I remember where the Shermans were like, no, we found this like six hours later. Or like we went and did this and it's it's stuff like with the dogs where it's like the dogs ran off. We couldn't find them. The next day we go out to where we thought they were and they right. were liquefied. And it's like, okay, well, you know, that's what that's a hard one, right? Like that's a creepy story. 
But they don't the actually ever. Dogs. You don't actually have any photos or any evidence of liquefied dog bodies. You just right. have like patches that were burnt into the ground. A dark spot on the ground. Right. Which could be anything. It could be anything. And it's like, yeah, the dogs didn't come back. Sure. Like they never, it's not like the dogs reappeared, but I mean, who knows? There are predators that live out, you know, in the wild. So if your dogs run off, it's like dogs could be prey for something bigger. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think, yeah, I think I agree with you a little bit about their involvement in this whole thing. It's tough to say. I wonder if I'm just like rehashing a bunch of points that I made in the other episode. I, that's that's what we did when we reviewed. We haven't changed our verdicts. Yeah, maybe nothing new changed our opinion. Um, I do think that the carcinogenic carcinogenic stuff is pretty interesting, though. It is interesting. That was a big, big, big eye opener. Yeah, big update. Yeah, um, it's kind of an important piece of the puzzle. I feel like could be why you see a bunch of floating orbs. Could not be. I mean, we're also out in the middle of Utah, right? We've got military bases in various areas that are nearby. I mean, Area Fifty One ain't that fucking far away. I mean, I feel like if you're anywhere in the American West, in that sort of desertified area. Like if you're in Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, Utah, parts of Colorado, like, you know, I, I feel like there's a high probability that if you see weird lights at night, it's probably some sort of military test. Right. Because we already know that they're running these tests out there all the right. time. Like, yeah, I mean, Phoenix lights, we covered that. Yeah. I mean, the Goldwater base, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a training hub for people that are in the air force all over this country and even internationally. So it's like, who knows what you're going to see? There's bases in Nevada where they're sending out weird stuff, you know, experimental test aircraft. And of course they would probably go over this area where it's like not largely populated. Right. So if you're a rancher who lives out on a big plot of land, you know, it's so far that you can't see your nearest neighbor. Yeah, they probably would test flight over there. 480 acres is massive. It's a lot. You know? Fucking insane. And so it's like, yeah, of course they'll they'll do test flights over there because the probability of somebody seeing something and like having it verified by somebody else is pretty low. Like somebody might be in bed, like you get lucky and you see something at a certain time because you just happen to be awake. It's like, right. okay, you saw it, but you know, it's not proof of some entity necessarily. Could just be regular military stuff. You know, obviously the electrical malfunctions are one thing. The radiation burns are another. Like, that's fucked up that these dudes out there on Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch got radiation burns. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I mean, there's, you know, there's fucked up stuff. What are the circumstances of that? I don't really know. Hmm. They just had got radiation Mm -hmm. burns. Yeah. The one kind of clip episode I watched, which honestly gave the whole, I can't imagine what more the episode was. (laughs) They brought in a specialist to use this like cool radar drone. So the drone flies all over the property and like takes these little pinpoints and basically like maps out all the topography. And like, I forget what the fucking thing is. Just like, but what happened was there was these weird anomalies. Mm-hmm. So it's mapping out the ground, but then like all of a sudden there would be these like weird spires that would pop up that like obviously aren't there. And so the guys were all freaking out and they're like, what, what, what are these? And then, you know, they'd say the classic line of like, 
I talked to the technician as well who ran the drone, and he said this is highly unusual. Right. Like, okay, sure. Like, that doesn't mean anything though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, technology usually isn't wrong, but it can malfunction. Right. Well, and something might be unusual, sure, but like, did it? Did it? Was there an error? Did there something error out there? Did we get a? Is there a log? Can right. I see an error log of what happened when you were doing this? Like, what? Like, did you just you just fucked it up? I mean, fuck. I mean, Google Maps has weird artifacts sometimes too. Right. Yeah. Shit happens. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's like it's, it's one, like fucking eight terabytes of pinpointed little f- pictures. Well, and it's like it's how the it's how the technology also interacts with the natural world. Like, right. You know. So if there's if there's some possibility of like it being exploited. I mean, I don't know that exploits the right word, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like if some certain condition can make it read something that seems weird, like, yeah, it might happen. You might get that if you're not, a, if you're not like aware of that. Yeah. It'll probably seem like, well, this is really strange. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe it's not, maybe it's just the way the technology is, but it's like these three spired things. And they're like in this one area where they've had like weird readings before. And so like, that's the whole, that's it. That's all the conclusion they drop. Like, <laughs> Boy, this yeah. is weird. So they meet with Fugle at the end and Senator, I don't, it might be here. No, it was the former governor of Utah from like, he was like the governor of Utah from like I, a long time. Like I think 2012 to 2021, a long tenure or 20, 2014 to 2021. Yeah can't remember and he's there and then like their whole fucking research team is there and they present this thing and then the whole conclusion is just like wow that's a pretty interesting discovery i think what we found here is definitely that there's some interesting data going it's like they don't fucking conclude anything they're just like boy that is sure is something huh (laughs) yeah it's fucking stupid and so (laughs) gary herbert yeah so uh you know that's what they're concluding and um that's kind of how the episodes go. But, you know, it's been a popular show. So, geez, Gary Herbert served from 2009 to 2012, 2012 to 2016, and then 2016 to 2021. 2009 um, to 2021. Um, I guess good for him. A lot of, a lot of He's uh, fucking into aliens. Yeah. Three consecutive terms. Um, but he doesn't have as cool a name as Governor Henry Hooper Blood. Oh, that's a badass fucking name. Or Governor Herbert Brown Maw. More blood for the Governor Blood. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, I mean that's I guess that's skin you know that's Skinwalker Ranch, right? You know, there's not there's not um. It's now it's like a lot of classified shit, and it's just like. The same old, same old with UFO stuff. Right. You know. Yeah. Until you show me a video of the sentient mist being caught on camera. (laughs) I'm really not interested. Right. That's the funny thing about a lot of situations like this is there's all this, there's all this visual evidence, right? That people report Mm -hmm. and they say, here's what I saw. Here's what I saw. Here's what I saw. But it's always like, oh, well, the cameras malfunctioned when this thing was happening or we didn't have them trained at it because that was a lot of the thing with nids right is that <laughs> or that bigfoot guy who fell down the stairs <laughs> bobo bobo uh yeah <laughs> uh yeah so but it's a, that was a lot with nids right mm-hmm. is that 
they were seeing the people, the NIDS researchers were saying, here's what we saw. And it's like, oh, surely your video footage, because you have all these cameras set up, must have captured this, right? And they're like, oh, no, our cameras were malfunctioning. And the cameras on the buildings were like dismantled. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. My girlfriend goes to another school. You wouldn't know her. Right, right. Yeah, no, she's she lives in Michigan. So there's no way you guys could talk to her. She's just... She doesn't like to be online a lot. Like yeah. I could give you her email address and she might write back. I don't know. I don't know, Andy. What do you think? Should we get to verdicts on Skinwalker Ranch? How are we still feeling about this topic? Maybe it's changed. Maybe it hasn't. And the bunkfuckers can compare between how we were in the past and how we were today. Yeah, let's get into verdicts. Um, I'm going to go. Um, I'm giving this. Um, uh, let me see. What do I feel about Skinwalker Ranch? I guess I kind of feel like um, I'm mostly, you know me, though, right? Like, I'm not super convinced about... I really don't know the real you. Paranormal, UFOs, interdimensional travel, all of this stuff. So I'm going to give this, like, plausible smidge. Is that a ranking? Yep. I'm going to give it plausible smidge. Because, you know what, there's a lot of unresolved questions still. I think that the, that the Shermans are, you know, a question mark. Cause like they never really profited in a media sense from their stories. Um, but who knows? They could have profited other ways. So maybe it was to their benefit to like talk this thing up and get Bigelow interested. And that ended up making them pretty comfortable so that they could leave the ranching life behind. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'm not super convinced by any of the stories. Like there are certainly some, some cool stories for sure. Um, but it seems like a scary place because you could die. Because uh, you won't have enough oxygen in your brain, and um, yeah, I, 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 I've that's where my opinion changed most. I thought it would be very cool to go there, and now it seems like it's just dangerous to go there. <laughs> I would love to see them get that sorted out before I visit. Yeah, and it would be interesting if they get it cleaned up. Like if they stop fracking, and like the carcinogenic fumes go away. Like, mm-hmm. are people still experiencing things, or does that like go away completely? Maybe Andy. Um. Ooh, art's deep in thought. Yeah, so I'm gonna pensive. go. Uh, I'm gonna go plausible molecule on this one. Wow. Um, I I think that that's a change for me from Skinwalker Ranch. Originally, the the climate stuff really changed it for me. Where it's like it explains away. It's the perfect explanation for a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, the cattle mutilations, the weird behavior, the things they see lights in the sky even i mean the fucking who knows the weirdest thing that nids ever found was like an ice circle that's one of the things that they published is that they found this weird ice this weird circle in the ice in the winter and they can't explain where it was came from that's like that's it (laughs) an ice circle like the sherman saw some fucking insane shit for two years right and the only thing that we have from fucking 96 to 2022 is like anomalous data, radiation burns, and like a couple of malfunctions of electronic equipment. Come on. Circle in the ice. And a circle in some ice. All the other UFO shit's all classified because of Bigelow. Right. I do think that Bigelow and Fugel are both somewhat sincere in their pursuits of extraterrestrials and uh, UFO phenomenon. I think that they, people like them wouldn't stake their reputations and they've been 
open about it for such a long time. Like, especially Bigelow. Like, he actually legitimately seems like he's, like, really into this and, like, in a way that's very sincere where he's like, dude, no, I, like, I'm passionate about UFOs and aliens and, like, I want to fucking find out if we're alone on this planet. Yeah. Which I think is a noble pursuit. I think it's something that should be pursued by somebody. Right. I mean, we got a lot of fucking problems we got to take care of here, but, like, we should have somebody designated to also being like, hey, are aliens real? Like, what's going on? But this is very much, it's very much a, it's very much a Blue Origin SpaceX thing where it's like, yeah, it's a noble pursuit, but like, like you said, Bigelow's a businessman. He's not just doing this out of the goodness of his heart. He's getting compensated for it. So he's offsetting his cost. A massive government contract. Right. And so it's like, uh, and as soon as that dried up, right, that dried up in like 2018. Right. Or maybe not. Maybe it was like 2012 or something. I think it was 2012. Then this, the, the ranch just sat there from 2012 to 2016 till he sold it. Right. Sat there. Yeah. Didn't do anything with it because the government contract dried up. Right. There's nothing to do. Yeah. He wasn't still doing stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, te- he's not, he's not testing anything yeah. anymore because he doesn't have anybody to find it. Right. He'd have to pay for it himself. I didn't expect this. But, um, you know, I think it's good that at least somebody's out there trying to be like, hey, is this stuff real? But is it Skinwalker Ranch? Probably not. I don't think Skinwalker Ranch is, one, I'm going to be honest, I'm even less convinced of its connection to the actual Skinwalker lore yeah. than I have ever been. Yeah. It's so much more UFO now. Right. Um. So I don't think it's a portal. I don't think that it's a meeting spot for aliens in the government. A curse almost makes sense now, though. A curse almost does make sense. Maybe a Skinwalker cursed the mineral underneath the ground. Maybe the gas, the gasinite or whatever it was. Yeah. The Galsonite. Um, but that's my verdict. Bunkfuckers, what are yours? Are you convinced now more than ever about Skinwalker Ranch? Or are you less convinced? Let us know. Use the hashtag. Um, hashtag. Frack you. Hashtag frack you. Let us know what you think. Email us, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at MrBunkerPod. YouTube, us, MrBunkerSkitsVersionDub.com, forward slash merch, or other things on there. Patreon.com, forward slash MrBunkerPod. If you feel so inclined, you have the means to do so. Five bucks a month will get you access to the Discord. Cha-ching! Which is fun. It's a fun place. A lot of fun people are on there. Nice, fun people. And good memes. Good, great memes. Fantastic memes. Uh, good discussion on lots of different topics. A lot of, a lot of OC in there lately. Huh? Yeah, some great OC in there. OC, OG memes. Um, and, uh, you know, you get, you get all the behind the scenes, back catalog content. We got more coming out. Um, and, um, yeah, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Buckerbot. There's other shit in there. I forget. There's a fucking video. Look it up. People like it. Talk to somebody about it. Post about it on the fucking subreddit. Yeah. Post. We got a <laughs> subreddit, Mr. Bunker, reddit.com forward slash r slash Mr. Bunker pod. Is the t- post, is the fucking thing worth it? And then someone will answer. We don't run it. It's fucking non-biased. It's third party. We're not involved in it. So we're not involved in it. Someone who is a part of the subreddit will answer you. Probably. And I know it's tough to tell when we're joking and when we're not. This we're is actually true. not involved this with it. This is true. I'm, I'm not. It's fan created. It's fan created. I'm not subbed to it. Yeah. I don't follow it. Right. Um. Anyway, uh, Andy, any last words before I 
Get your carcinogenic ass out of here. <laughs> I think that you you summed it up uh, pretty well, Art. Uh, I think that the carcinogenic stuff is a pretty big bombshell on old Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, and it would be nice to see some evidence if there's actually some shit going on there. So um, I look forward to revisiting this again in another 50 years when that stuff is cla- declassified. Oh, yes. When we're both, our consciousness are both uploaded to some kind of supercomputer that is an AI the designed doll, the Dolly Mini that just spits out Mr. Bunker Pod episodes, designed specifically to quarantine our consciousness so it doesn't <laughs> infect the rest of humanity anymore. We'll do a third follow up on Skinwalker Ranch, but um, until that time, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my phantasmagoric. <laughs> wow, yeah, <laughs> jeez, phantasmagoric co-host Andy Hart. I'm our Stone, saying that was the whole enchilada. Okay, all right. George wasn't impressed. He didn't like that. <laughs> Yummy. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.